0: That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Welcome back everybody to another edition of benched with Bubba. This is episode 25, your college basketball championship week edition, the major conference edition, the smaller conferences have already begun. And today I will be joined by none other than Brian Bevo. You can find him on Twitter at Brian 10 Bevo, how are you doing tonight?
2: Man, just enjoying the small conferences. You know, this is where a lot of the under the radar teams where the true, as they say, start studying and really picking out. You know, who the upset teams, who's going to uh, pull the shocker and whatso. It's good to get into rhythm, and, you know, the real fun starts next week with the big conferences, and, hey, this time next week, we're going to have a bracket, so that's always good news, something to look forward to throughout the week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you put a piece out on, uh, on SD uh, with a, a preview and some predictions for the small conference tournaments. Um, kind of, you were mentioning before we were recording, Siena's looking to upset Monmouth right now. Um what's been going on so far? I've heard there's some 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 chaos already. What's been what's the the good the goods so far?
2: Well, first and foremost, you got to start in the horizon where the two clear favorites before the the tournament began were Oakland and Valparaiso. And Valparaiso had a huge loss about an hour after he posted the small conference preview that forward Alec Peters was going to be out. For the tournament and for the remainder of the season should they win the tournament he's a projected pick in the nba draft who's averaging around 23 24 points a game so losing him was key and that was the crucial blow yesterday when they were upset by milwaukee the 10 seed in the horizon league tournament and just before that youngstown state as many of you may have saw in SportsCenter. center had a great play, uh, hit the big man down low to get the upset over Oakland as a nine seed. So instead of the one and two going to the semifinal, we have the nine and the ten seed in the semifinal. So chaos there already in the uh, Valley Conference. Yeah, had Jacksonville State be the first team to clinch a berth yesterday with a victory over UT Martin, the two seed uh, Jacksonville State upset Belmont get to that point and belmont according and also to me they were my pick to win that tournament but they were going to be a major uh a ch- i think were a major chance to pull an upset come the ncaa tournament and then as you just mentioned before right now as we speak at this very moment Siena is in a battle right now with monmouth the favorite in the metro atlantic conference so two a's instead of one a for the mac they're actually up one right now at the final tv timeout so A lot of madness going down right now, and, you know, it's under the radar because it's not the big tournaments, but it's something that people really need to keep an eye on because you'll see some of the best games in tournament season right now.
1: Yeah, and as you mentioned, Jacksonville State clinched yesterday. They were the first uh, team to make the uh, field of, what, 68 now that we have. Um, And then today, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, they clinched, and we all know them from – the, the display they put on a few years back in a tournament, the run they made. And then Winthrop and Wichita State. We have four teams at the moment in the field of 68. More to come as the conference turns continue to go. Um, in these smaller tournaments, we know most of these schools are only getting one team in from these conferences. Um, and when you get these big upsets, they're basically screwed now. Like in, in the case of, say, a Belmont, you had said they might be a school to upset. Now, do they have a chance to get an at-large, or are they just done now?
2: Belmont, I do not see moving on to the NCAA tournament. They are done as done can be. There's too many bubble teams right now that have better resumes than they do. Belmont will be a solid team in the NIT tournament. For those of you that like to participate in true – degenerate sports and, uh, racket, but, uh, you know, congratulations. So these are doing NIT racket pool. Me there a little bit, but, uh, Belmont, they're NIT bound. I do not see them even being in the picture for the NCAA tournament.
1: Okay. And like a team, like a Monmouth, do they have a shot if they lose to Sienna today?
2: Not like the case they were last year where many of us were actually shocked they didn't make the NCAA losing. In the, uh, in the Metro Atlantic tournament, uh, this is not the same Monmouth team as last year. While they're solid and still have a chance to pool, they don't have the resume that they did last year that could have put them over the top. They were a team that I personally thought were snubbed. Uh, I don't think they have the resume and the out-of-conference wins to be able to. Yeah.
1: All right. Let's, uh, the smaller conference tournaments, some are wrapping up now, like we said, some will continue to wrap on, wrap up throughout the rest of this week, but starting, some start as early as tomorrow, some start middle of the week, but they will all wrap up by Sunday, selection Sunday, the major conferences will be kicking off, and that's what we're here to talk about, mainly, and we'll hit the big ones, two, four, six, we're gonna hit two, four, six, we're gonna hit eight of them, eight big ones. We're going to kick it off in the AAC. It isn't what it once used to be, um, but we're still going to hit it off. Why don't you hit us with the the good, the bad, and the ugly of the AAC tournament. That'll be kicking off in Hartford, Connecticut, March 9th through the 12th. Well,
2: the AAC, the two clear favorites by far are SMU and Cincinnati. Uh, They split the season series, each team winning their home game. So it's only right that they will meet again to to decide who wins that conference. And that is, I believe, what will be the case. Uh, SM Project is five seeds right now in the NCAA tournament. And that's right about where they that's right about where they should be. Uh, SMU is led by uh, forward semi Olige. For those of you who are Duke or North Carolina fans, you might remember him from Duke. He was a uh, didn't get a lot of time this freshman year to SMU, and he has been an absolute stud. He'll he'll probably be the player of the year in the uh, AAC. As it's looking like a two-bid conference in the AAC right now. Houston, um, they are a team that has a chance to make the NCAA tournament, at least make the finals of the AAC to even have a chance, but this is looking like a two-bid conference with SMU and Cincinnati in the finals, and I I personally like SMU, not too big on Cincinnati, but regardless, no matter the outcome of the game, they will both be in the NCAA tournament. I think anything can happen, but that's looking like a pretty safe bet that that will be the final.
1: So we're looking at AAC, most likely a two-bid conference with SMU, Cincinnati, Houston, with a good run, could sneak in is what you're thinking, maybe three bids at the most out of the AAC?
2: That's what it's looking like. Uh, Two, likely three at the most. Unless, you know, UConn goes on one of their magical runs and somehow runs the table and wins the AAC. You know, you can never count that out with Kevin Ollie and, you know, some of the solid players he has there, but they have been just, and that's putting it lightly. I don't see that happening. It's going to be a 2 big conference, more than likely.
1: Yeah, no, they, they're, they're down this year. And that's what I've, I prefaced it with when I was was talking about them. They are not the conference they used to be. Um, it's, yeah, it's not even close to what it used to be. But talking about a conference that is on fire and I've heard rumors, we're talking most bids out of any conference could see, I'm not going to say double digit bids, but it could get crazy. It, you never know what the committee could do. But we're talking at least probably eight bids coming out of here. I'm talking about the ACC. Uh, we're kicking it off on March 7th, and it'll close on March 11th. Big time conference tournament. Um, get us going on this one.
2: CC this is just the uh, the creme de la creme of conferences that this year. That is for sure, definitely guaranteed nine bids. I'd say, but do not be surprised if you know some teams overperform in the ACC tournament or the bubble other teams, and they can get 10, maybe even 11 bids in, which would tie the Big East, I believe, of 06, I want to say, the old Big East with Syracuse, UConn, Georgetown, Villanova, Pitt, etc. It's a strong possibility that they can get 10, 11 teams in this year's tournament. When I mean, you're looking at it right now, you have the eight seed ACC tournament, which is Miami, they just Miami. They just were ranked in the top twenty-five. So it's a top twenty-five team that is an eight seed, which is just crazy to think. You know, most eight seeds in conference tournaments aren't even close to the rankings, let alone a lock for the NCAA tournament already.
1: Yeah, that is nuts. Because uh, yeah, for those that don't know, the 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 way the ACC tournament runs, it's if you're not if you're in the 10th through the 14th seeds, you got the gauntlet ahead of you. You got to play opening night, and then you got teams on a bye that you got to play. And then if you get through that, you got to play another set of teams on a bye. So if you're the one through four seed, you get to sit and watch two nights of games, basically. So um, Louisville, Florida State, Notre Dame, you're one through four seeds are who is your favorite to come out of the ACC?
2: Right now, I'm thinking that the favorite would have to be North Carolina, and that kills me to say as a Duke fan, obviously. For those of you that do follow me, I can get pretty uh, ridiculous with my Duke tweets. But uh, North Carolina has to be the favorite. Uh, they're not going to have an easy road, though, that is for sure. They got the. They will face the winner of Syracuse-Miami at 12 o'clock on Thursday, and especially if they face Syracuse because Syracuse is a team that I think needs to beat Miami and beat North Carolina to get into the NCAA tournament. So they'll be coming all out. North Carolina close both games this year, including a victory in Coral Gables by 15 to 20 points. I forget the exact amount, but it was a pretty convincing win. And then should they win that, they have to go play either Louisville or likely Duke, who would have to beat the winner of Clemson or NC State. So just in the first couple games right there, you're talking – potential opponents of Syracuse, Miami, and then Louisville or Duke. And Louisville and Duke, in my opinion, are teams that are stronger than a Florida State or a Notre Dame, who are at the bottom of the bracket as the two and three seeds. So you're getting the hardest part before you even get to the final. But I still think Carolina right now is the more talented team that comes, and they're riding the hottest streak right now with a big win last night over Duke, despite not playing their best game, both teams not playing their best games. Carolina still rolls out on top. They got the guard play you need with Joel Berry to succeed in March. They got a stretch big man in Justin Jackson, who's about as good as anybody off the ball screens and off the uh, jumper, off the on the run as anybody in college basketball right now.
1: If you had to pick a surprise team to win this tournament, who would you pick?
2: Surprise team to win this tournament? Not named. I'm saying it will anything. Has it? But considering they are a double buy, I wouldn't consider them a surprise team. I'm going to look below the six line as Virginia is the sixth seed and they're a the top 25 team. I'm going to look below the six line, and this is going to surprise some people. Clemson. Clemson is a team. They are five and 12 in conference play, I believe. And some of those losses, I just off the top of my head, they lost like two to Carolina at home. They lost by two on the road to Duke. They lost on a buzzer beater on the road by Seth Allen against Virginia Tech. They lost an extremely close game at home to Florida State. They're talking 12 losses here by a combined maybe 20 to 25 points. And that's why they've been on the bubble so long now. Right now they're probably, you know, seventh or eighth off the bubble. Even the, their overall record is 500. They just played so many close games against so many good teams. And, you know, a couple bounces going their way, and they pull out some of those victories. So instead of 5-12, and they're, you know, like 8-10-something and added up to whatever. But uh, Clemson's a team, they're not all that bad. They got a great forward in Jerron Blossom game, who's going to be a first-round pick more than likely. First round. And they're just a team that I could see. They can just put together a couple of solid games, get a couple bounces to go their way, that they have the ability. I mean, I said against North Carolina, that went down to the wire at Clemson. So it's not like they can – they play NC State in the first round, who's been struggling. Godfrey's on his way out after the year. They'd get Duke, who they took right to the wire at home. So it's not impossible to think that Clemson could make a run in this.
1: No, I like that. I like that pick. Very interesting. Let's move on to the Atlantic 10 Conference. Uh, starting on March 8th, closing up on March 12th. It's a 14-team tournament. We have the same format as the ACC. Two round buys for the top four teams. Uh, we'll kick us off with uh, the skinny on this one? Uh,
2: the Atlantic 10 Tournament, it's looking – like, VCU and Dayton are on a collision course in this one. Now, the Atlantic 10 runs very, very deep. There are, like I said, a lot of good teams and a lot of not-so-good teams in the Atlantic 10. But uh, VCU and Dayton are two teams that, they're in their tournament, they are looking like they will be safe to make it. Now, there's other teams, on the other hand, that need a solid performance in this tournament to assure them, themselves a bit in the field, and one of those teams is Rhode Island. Now, Rhode Island started off about 25. They played Duke very tough before all their problems began in the beginning of the season in the non-conference slate. So Rhode Island is a team that performance. But outside of those three, Dayton, VC, Rhode Island, I'm not sure I see much of NTA tournament bids because A-10 a- is definitely a down, on a down year this year. Only two, Dayton, VCU, but Rhode Island, you know, with a solid performance, they should be good, but will remain to be seen. Uh, a sleeper team here for me is St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure uh, had a great performance against VCU. They actually won against VCU, for those of you who may have seen it, until their crowd rushed to court, resulting in a technical foul with time still on the clock and won the game, for those of you who might have seen that a couple weeks ago. So it's not like St. Bonaventure can't take down you know, the top teams in the league, such as VCU. But similar levels of talent near the top, it can go either way. I could see Rhode Island, Richmond, St. Bonaventure are all capable of making it to the final. But uh, Dayton and VCU would be the now uh, in terms of the favorites for the Atlantic 10.
1: Interesting. Um, Dayton and VCU, now those are always schools when you, when they get into the tournament, they're kind of those sneaky schools that can make a run and, you know, threaten some of the bigger programs. Um, do they have that kind of talent this year to, to scare the quote-unquote major schools?
2: VCU and uh, Dayton are definitely uh, teams that are good enough this year. To uh, schools, a challenge. You know, we're getting to the point where you know, you know, they're bigger schools, but they're it's not like they're better than them. Now, the lower levels of the SEC, for example, uh, just thinking off the top of my head, like Miss, like Mississippi State or Ole Miss, they're not as good as VCU or Dayton, despite the fact they're in major conferences. We've reached a point in college basketball where these mid majors that we always consider mid majors, Gonzaga, in Island, where they're just as good as some of these mid-level teams in some of these major conferences. So I, it's not that I consider them over enrollment, that they're smaller schools, that they're not as good, because they're, they're just as good. I mean, we saw in the past two years VCU make runs deep in the tournament. Butler, Gonzaga is a consistent top-ten team anymore. I can definitely give these uh, teams a run for their money.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, Moving on, another tournament that's always a fun one to watch. It's not the same anymore. It's not your normal Madison Square Garden uh, deal like it used to be. No Jerry McNamara, you know, highlight reel after highlight reel. But the Big East tournament, kicking it off March 8th, finishing March 11th, 10-team field. It's a different group of teams, but it's a loaded field. should be very, very entertaining, Um, top to bottom for the most part. This looks – damn competitive. Um, break this one down. This this looks like must-see TV.
2: Yeah, the Big East tournament this year, uh, Villanova, the defending national champions, is still the head of the class for the Big East this year. And there's a solid second tier teams all right there, Butler being one of them. Now, Butler's projecting as anywhere in the 3-5 to five range. I have them as a 3 or 4 personally, and they beat uh, Villanova at at the Pavilion this year, which is very, very tough to do. It hasn't been done in, I believe it was like two years or so. Nobody's beat Villanova when they've played at the Pavilion. Now, granted, some of the bigger games, they go to the Sixers Arena at the Wells Fargo Center and play there. But this is an on-campus game for Villanova. And they went in there and they beat them. So that was clutch been total disappointments this year, one through injury. Creighton, when they lost uh, Maurice Watson, who was leading the country in the time of his injury, they've been on a downward trend ever since. Who's your starting point guard? Who can really blame you? Then Xavier, they have also been a team that, you know, they were started off, many can consider that a Final Four team. The my futures bet with Xavier uh with dead money from the get-go. So uh for Xavier to win the biggie East. So that was a loss for me there. Gonna be there. They're a bubble team right now, so they need a solid performance or a team that was rated in the top ten in the preseason may not be there at all. Couple other teams. Providence, they're another bubble team. They are on they're on a hot streak right now. Uh Ed Cooley's bunch has been playing really, really well. Um but Cooley all the patches in his hair, Providence head coach. Great coach, though, that can definitely make a run and give some of these – was a run. And then another team well as of late is Marquette, led by none other than a Steve O'Jahusky, Husky, former Duke point guard, slapping the floor like him. But, you know, now that you know, he's coaching Marquette, he's – program there uh there again another another bubble team so the Big East is going to be fun to watch in terms of which of their bubble teams perform well and get in the ncaa tournament so three teams to watch for that are providence marquette and xavier creighton creighton villanova butler are all off they are three locks and i think two of those three teams that i just mentioned before get in so i'm thinking five big conference for the big east this year okay Six.
1: I like that. I like that because, yeah, what I'm thinking of the reason why I'm looking forward to watching is is I think it's it's quite competitive. Just because, like you said, Villanova is kind of light years. Okay, light years is not the right word, but ahead of the class. But at any given time, like you said, the Butler of the world could knock them off. But the rest of these guys, they're so competitive that any given night they're going to bang with each other, and this is really good basketball in this Big East. So I think this conference tournament is going to be darn entertaining. Um, I think it's a fun one to watch. And if if they're on the bubble, and these coaches and these players obviously know it, they don't want to go play in the NIT. Everyone knows that. Um, they'll go if they have to, but that's not that's not where you want to go play. So um, yeah. so, you're, so you're thinking five teams out of the Big East. That'll be a fun one to watch.
2: Pretty um, McNamara, right there. Played Bishop Pan in high school, the pride of Scranton, PA. About twenty minutes north of me, so G G-Mac, GMAX a legend around here.
1: Yeah, I remember that. I think I think I was in college. I'm pretty sure I was some early college or something, watching those in my fraternity house when he was banging threes at the Garden. That was mm-hmm. crazy. That that run, that run from Syracuse when he was he was they were like what were they like an eight seed in there or even lower or something? It was insane, just insane. Um, moving on, we got the big. 10 tournament or the big depends on how you want to look at it these days. Um, their bracket is not finalized yet, but it kicks off March 8th and, and ends on March 12th. Uh, at the beginning of the season, this looked like Wisconsin's conference to run away with. And I don't want to get into a story cause I'll start crying, but they have literally shit the bed in the last three weeks or so. And I don't know why. um, but it looks like it's pretty much up for grabs for the most part. Uh, what do you got going on in the Big Ten tournament?
2: Uh, the Big Ten, you were right. It was looking like Wisconsin's uh, – you know, just in the past couple of weeks, they have just been god-awful. And as of right now, I, I, it's hard to pick a favorite. I personally think Purdue right now is the, uh, the team to beat. Just had a big win on the road against – Northwestern, uh, biggie Caleb Biggie Swanigan with another uh, double double, but this right here is looking like probably a seven. Uh, Purdue, Maryland, are probably the favorites right now with uh, that tier of Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Michigan State, all right behind. Um, uh, I like Purdue. I like Purdue to take this right now. They are probably a four or five projected seed. Which is crazy to think, because the Big Ten, uh, they're usually someone that places someone in the top three C lines for sure. But it's not looking like that. If Purdue can win the Big Ten tournament, I could see them getting that three seed. Maryland, obviously led by Mello Trimble, to get the win. Michigan State, who was left for dead earlier on in the year, led by Miles Bridges, but you know he couldn't it would be no tournament without Michigan State. Tom Izzo, and they're always. They're always good for a couple wins in the NCA tournament. Um, Northwestern, surprising team, they're going to get their first NCA tournament bid this year, barring happening whether the committee just totally overlooks them, lost in the Big Ten tournament. But I can't see any way Northwestern doesn't get in. Iowa, who had the big win that Saturday night over uh, Saturday night over Wisconsin, to uh, three at the buzzer by Bohannon to bubble picture. Now, I still have them on the outside looking in, but they can definitely with a good performance in the Big Ten tournament, work their way onto the uh, bubble. bubble. And then you got uh, Michigan who suffered the big dramatic loss in the full second against Northwestern. That might have knocked them off the uh, bubble. Uh, Michigan is going to need a big performance. Then you also had Illinois. Illinois is probably off the bubble with their loss yesterday against Rutgers.
1: Yeah, the Big Ten just seems like a gigantic mess of a handful of teams that don't know if they want to be there or not for the most part, and then you have a big handful of, at the top that are, are pretty darn good. Like you said, you got Purdue, and Minnesota's not bad, and Maryland's good, and Michigan State's always there. I, I laughed at the beginning of the season when everyone's just, like you said, left them for dead. A their schedule was ridiculous. Even Izzo eventually said, "Okay, I screwed up. I made it a little too difficult. Like I wanted to challenge my kids, but that was a little crazy." Um, but it's Tom Izzo for Christ's sake, people. Like this, this, just what he does, and just and in the tournament, he wins games. This is what he does. Um, just get there. Um, so how many how many teams do you expect to get in from the big?
2: we have Purdue, Maryland, Minnesota, the Michigan State. Teams that I'm pretty, I'm guaranteeing they will be in the tournament. And then you got three teams that are, you know, they're close: Iowa, Michigan, Illinois. They're three teams. I, I personally think Illinois is done after that loss to Rutgers. They need, to, they would need to upset two of the top six teams to probably work their way back. I think they're out. Iowa with a big win tournament they won today and then um michigan also right there in the picture a team that you know is talking to me is indiana they uh they were top they were the number one team in the country and they've just gone completely downhill since og and boy their star shooting guard uh went down with the torn acl injury so it was sad to see what's going on with indiana right now they're trend they have the talent to be in the tournament but with their their resume just it's not there for them saying this, yeah. we just had an upset monmouth goes down Seattle there seed, you have it folks. Seed. monmouth goes down monmouth will not be in the ncaa tournament again this year
1: wow there you go nit bound once again wow that's something else um And and back to your Indiana thing, they can't get – it seems like they can't get rid of Tom Crean fast enough. They're just waiting for that season to end, Um, get him out of town. At least the fans can't. Um, In such a jumbled tournament, you got Purdue, so you're picking Purdue to win the tournament?
2: Uh, Purdue is my favorite right now to win the tournament, but they said there's about three or four teams I could totally see uh, winning it all. I would say Purdue has a slight edge, but – one to watch this is one that and when i give my big conference preview uh writing form later this week i'll explain as to why i think that this is just such a wide open crazy tournament that's you know anything can happen i mean even towards the bottom teams have played strong i mean nebraska and penn state have some big wins this year really really tough so all the way down to the bottom except for rutgers of course i mean rutgers they're just bad in everything
0: just
2: uh, there's a lot of teams in the big 10 that have the power to pull some upsets and cause some chaos.
1: Oh yeah. And that's the beauty of conference basketball in general um, for all these conferences is these teams know each other and it just gets some crazy stuff happens. It's just weird, weird stuff happens. Um, We'll move on to the Kansas invitational AKA the big 12 tournament. Um, There's 10 teams involved one named Kansas, the rest show up. Uh, What do you have going on in this one?
2: Uh Big Twelve, uh this is again, this is Kansas to lose, as he said. This is the uh Kansas invitational, one that Bill Self always enjoys hosting as they have won now thirteen straight uh straight up or shared conference titles They start off with, and Kansas gave teams opportunities to you know get back into the race with two slip ups throughout the year in the conference play. Uh Kansas is a clear favorite, that's for sure. And going from there from uh going from there, you have three teams slotted at twelve and six in conference play. Baylor, West Virginia, and Iowa State. But starting with Baylor. And a Baylor for those who have uh been in on the power rankings throughout the year. I've mentioned that I'm not a big fan of them, but I can't discredit what they've done. They do have some big wins. Maybe Oregon earlier this year, which sent them shooting up the rankings. You know, it was one of those instances where during the college football season. They had one big win over Notre Dame, and boom, they shot up the rankings. Baylor, they had a big win over Oregon. They beat uh, Michigan State. They shot up the rankings. And they stayed near the top for the most part, but they're starting to float back to earth conference play. West Virginia is a team I just can't get a read on. You know, one day, though, they, they blew that game against Kansas where they had like a 14-point lead with two minutes to go, which was one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen, that, that Fog Allen magic. Uh, but there's other games where well, they'll be at home to Oklahoma, who's year and lose. So West Virginia is one of those teams that you know they'll either be there in the end, or they'll they'll just lose a game you won't expect them to. And West Virginia, depending on who they play, could be a team that went too far in the NCAA tournament. You know, depending you know if they get drawn with a with say a Vermont, geez, all the number one seeds are losing now. You know if they get drawn to one of those good teams. They could be on their way out. And then you got Iowa State, who started their upward trend with a win at Fog Allen, which ended the longest winning streak in the country at home when they beat Kansas in overtime. Great game there. Uh, They got uh, two great guards in uh, Naz Long. They got uh, uh, Deontay Burton, who's a stretch big man to hit some outside shots. And then probably, in my opinion, the most exciting player in the tournament. I mean, you have Frank Mason on Kansas and Josh Jackson and those guys. You got a player on Oklahoma State named Juwan Evans, who is just an absolute thrill The Lights out, cold-blooded, ice in the vein shooter. I think that he's just as good as Frank Mason, and I think he's going to have a better NBA career once the time comes than Frank Mason will. But Mason's the bigger name, so he'll get the award for he'll probably get the one award, he'll probably get all the accolades. Juwan Evans just as good. Oklahoma State and Kansas was a great game last uh yesterday afternoon. Went fire and that matchup happens again. I expect a thriller there. So I like Kansas to win, but do not rule out Oklahoma State uh in an upset there. And as far as how many bids i guaranteed in. Uh, Kansas State is going to need a big win or two to make it six. So I have the Big 12 as a five-team bid, potentially six.
1: Nice. And Kansas, I'm assuming, is one of the uh, one seeds coming out uh, for the tournament.
2: Right now, that was the number one overall seed. The only way – they're going to be a one seed regardless. There's no way they are not a one seed they'd be the number one overall seed. And the only way I see them not being the number one overall seed is if they lose the Big 12 tournament. And teams that could potentially replace them are Villanova and North Carolina. Should Carolina win the ACC and should Villanova win the uh, Big East? Kansas is the number one overall, and Villanova would be next in line.
1: Okay. Moving on, we're going to move out west to the Pac-12 Um, One of the conferences that's been quite interesting this year, a lot of, um, shall I say, some teams have done what they're supposed to do and then some teams kind of up and down interestingness, I guess. Uh, Starting off March 8th, ending March 11th, 11 or 12 teams involved in this one. Um, Break it down for us, Bebo.
2: Well, this one, I mean, you just got to start with the top three. You got – ucla oregon and arizona all three teams i think are very very evenly matched there's a lot of nba talent starting with we'll start with ucla led by the notorious lonzo ball some mothers can't stand his game the reason why nobody and he's got a very unique style but on the other side, he's also a very, very phenomenal player, the most important player on UCLA, a Wooden Award candidate, a Freshman of the Year candidate. I think he's going to be the number two overall pick in the NBA draft behind Markel Fultz of Washington, also the Pac 12, but a team that's nowhere as good. UCLA's also got TJ Leaf, another star freshman, uh, Stalford. UCLA uh, is Probably the most dynamic offense in the country right there with North Carolina. So they can definitely score the ball. The issue is they can't defend, and that could be a detriment to them come March. Going with Arizona, you have uh, – they're led by star forward Lori Markin in the uh, Finland, uh, very – freshman. Uh, he's another lottery pick for sure coming up. Uh, they Arizona was a share of the Pac-12 title with Oregon. Uh, they're another team, you know. They rebounded from an early season loss to Gonzaga. Certainly nothing to his very good team. You know, Sean Miller always seems to have his squad ready in the Pac-12 tournament. Hasn't really translated to success in the NCAA tournament, but they definitely have the talent to do it. They have Alonzo Cherback, who was suspended half the year. So Markin and Cher, they end up making, you know, a good inside-outside duo. Markinen can step out, hit the three, seven-footer. Reminds me a lot of Kristaps Porzingis, you know, a little shorter. He's not 7'3", but, you know, he handles the ball well, shots, similar body style. Then we go to Oregon, led by Star Point Guard and another Wooden Award finalist, Dylan Brooks. Probably right there with Melo Trimble as the most clutch player in college basketball. Hit that big three against uh, UCLA to give them their first loss of the year. And then uh, their first loss of the year in uh, conference play, and then they ha- also have um, they had Dylan Brooks hit the shot against Cal, and they also have uh in Chris Boucher who is I remember he threw down a couple on Duke last year in that uh that Sweet Sixteen matchup out there, who you, know, you need the athleticism to win in March, and Boucher definitely gives it to him. So Arizona, Oregon, UCLA is those three they will be uh it's just which of those three i personally like oregon and ucla part three series i think arizona gets left on the outside looking in but regardless right now these are all two or three seeds those three teams they're two or three seeds and you know you get uh north carolina and gonzaga losing if Gonzaga were to get upset by BYU or St. Mary's, you're looking at Oregon or UCLA if they can win the Pac-12 tournament to potentially move up there into that one spot.
1: Very nice. Yeah, the West Regions in San Jose, so that would be very nice. Very nice. Um, I think it's kind of funny that everyone was counting out Oregon early in the year because they started out slow when they weren't full strength and everything, and then they got healthy and they started dismantling people. And people realized why they were preseason ranked where they were. And um, UCLA, when that offense is clicking, is just disgusting. Um, out of the Pac-12, uh, do we look at any any other teams making any type of run in the in the tournament, or are we just focusing on the those top three teams? The,
2: those top three teams are definitely the uh, you know the. They're Top notch are they're the real deal. I can't see a whole lot happening. One team I could see potentially making you know, causing a little bit of havoc is uh, USC. USC has a victory here. All uh, coach there is Andy Enfield. Uh, does you remember that team from Florida Gulf Coast a couple of years back? I believe it was a 2013 NCAA tournament. Enfield. You know, was coach of that team, and he's coach at USC now. And they're doing well, 10-8 and eight mark in conference play, 23-8 20, uh, overall. And uh, Cal, Cal took Oregon right down to the wire, as I mentioned before, before Dylan Brooks knocked down uh, that big three to give him the win. Uh, Cal's got a potential lottery pick on their team. Forward uh, Ivan Rabb declared last year uh, would have been a lottery pick, but decided to come back that I can't blame him for coming back. I like to see some of these players coming back. So I think USC and Cal are two teams to maybe overtake some of those top three, but I'm thinking it's going to be a combination of one of those, or two of those three teams in the pac 12 final for sure.
1: All right. We'll take it to our last tournament to preview the football conference that plays some decent basketball uh, outside of, the one-and-done team, the SEC, led by the one-and-done team, Kentucky, uh, 14 teams in this conference tournament, March 8th to March 12th. Um, It's pretty interesting. Like you said, it's top-heavy, and then the bottom part of the the brackets kind of is what it is. But you got Kentucky, and then, well, I wouldn't say everybody else because they've been getting challenged of late. What do you see happening here?
2: Well, definitely uh, Kentucky and Florida are the top two teams in this conference, Uh, Kentucky being the best. Kentucky right now I have right around uh, maybe the last two seed, top three seed. They're right in that area. Uh, Florida, they went on a real nice win streak there for a while before, dropping uh, to Kentucky and losing yesterday to uh, Vanderbilt, maybe pumping some life back into Vanderbilt. Hopes which I'll get into in a second as far as bubble teams in the SEC, because there are a bunch of them. But Vanderbilt uh, pulled the upset over Florida. And then after that, he got the second tier at Arkansas and South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina was leading the SEC for a while there, and they have just fallen off. Last year, where they were one of the last undefeated teams in the top 25, in the top 15, actually. And they were there again this year, you know, in the top 15. And they're out of the top 25 now. And, I wouldn't even full I mean, I still think that our tournament team, I think we'll see them but we'll see them on our brackets, but they're not a full lock. If they were to lose in the first round, uh, or they would lose the first round of the SEC tournament, I'd be feeling a little uneasy considering the SEC's reputation as a not very strong conference. They're not like a big twelve or an A C C. Interesting to see how they come out and play, but Kentucky is definitely uh, the top right now, uh, led by Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. Bam out of bio. Three freshmen who will definitely be first-round picks. uh, Monk, very likely top ten picks. So it'll be interesting to see. Kentucky has the talent in the country to win it all. They played a great non-conference slate. They lost to UCLA at home, but they won – Big win on their resume, thanks to Malik Monk, who went absolutely bananas that game. He had, I, think, I believe it was 48 points that game, went absolutely bananas, for those that remember. Then you got your bubble teams. Uh, right now, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's on the bubble. They had a big win over Florida. They had Kentucky on the ropes, too, at home. It was upsetting to see them, uh, you know, as a Duke fan. Can't root for Kentucky ever. They're the, <laughs> team, the second worst team in blue, besides North Carolina. And then uh you know Vanderbilt they uh they're right there uh bid they're on the outside looking in, but have the opportunities. Georgia is another team. they had Kentucky on the ropes, couldn't get the job done, would have been a huge resume boosting win as far as the SEC i I'm thinking this is a probably a four conference right now or 14 bid right now, but would don't be stunned if you see uh Vanderbilt or uh, Georgia sneak in there.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Cause like you said, they're have that reputation. Um, they're the football conference that plays basketball. It's usually Kentucky and not many others. Florida usually plays pretty well, but like earlier this year, South Carolina was, was playing really, really well. And then they've kind of fallen off Arkansas, you know, back in the day with Cortis Williamson and the boys, you know, 40 minutes of hell. And then they're here, they're there once in a while. Some teams contend, and then they disappear. But usually it's just Kentucky and Florida for the most part. Um,
2: yeah, I don't see anyone really Kentucky, uh, challenging Kentucky uh, to win the SEC. I mean, maybe Florida brings back a year of eligibility for uh, Joe Kim-Noah and Corey Brewer there. or Maybe Ole Miss brings back, uh, if he can pass a drug test, Marshall Henderson, if he can uh, get back in there. There you go.
1: All right, so uh, we broke down the eight major conference tournaments. Obviously, there's many more. There's a total of 32 conference tournaments that can get free bids at the NCAA hands out. Um, You wrote up a lot of the small ones. We broke down eight here. There's a bunch of them, like I said. Um, Out of all of them that are starting up and are on TV, what are like the go-to ones that you just have to watch that are must-see TV?
2: ACC starting off, that is going to be appointment television from the get go. I mean, you got your first game there, which is Clemson and NC State. I mean, NC State, right off the bat, they got Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith is going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft, and Clemson, again, lost all those close games. So the ACC all the way through is going to be appointment television. Although, if you skip the Virginia game, I understand because they are just, there's some. It's not really a fun basketball to watch. It's efficient basketball, great defensive basketball, just not very fun to watch. Uh, so ACC
1: well, for sure. Well, you, you do you do uh, if you're going to watch you marathon know, basketball, you're going to need a nap. So yeah. you you slip in Virginia to substitute.
2: Yes, uh, if yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, want to take a break a little bit, um, fortunately uh, Virginia is in the bottom half of the bracket, so they'll be playing. Uh, in the with the sixty, they'll be playing in the um the nine o'clock slot. So if you want to change the channel over, you know, head to bed early that night, then any uh, the game, sit back and doze off, have a sweet dream. You know, not one you're gonna want to have a beer with because that uh you're just gonna sit there in disgust. So right. again, Virginia for basketball fans like me, I can appreciate what they do. Team Tony Bennett does a great job offensively questioning why you're even watching this to begin with
1: gotcha what other ones are you looking into
2: So some of the other ones i'm looking into i'm definitely looking at uh the big 12 once we get into the quarterfinals there i mean you got your team with your buys you know you got kansas west virginia baylor but some of those other teams coming up like i mentioned oklahoma state uh kansas state needs a big win in order to make the tournament tcu hasn't been a bad team even though they've just recently slid off the bubble. So it's going to be interesting to watch if anybody can knock off Big 12 or uh Kansas in the Big 12. I mean there's teams that have done it, there's teams that have taken them to the wire. So that'll be interesting to see. I'll also be interested to see in the Big East if anybody can knock down uh Villanova and really shake things up in terms of a one seed. Butler did it this year. Um Creighton's definitely capable of doing it even without Watson. Uh Marquette uh, beat Villanova this year, and Marquette needs a big win. So, some of these teams, watching in terms of the bubble, big game, you know, a team, a team game that they can win that'll be able to boost their resume and get them over the hump. Those will be the games you need to watch. But as far as just specific conference plays, uh, though, some of those are the big ones to uh, watch. And we also got um, a game coming up that has some local ties to me. Uh, decision today it's uh march eighth, so we got monday six, wednesday bucknell and uh lehigh in the patriot league those are two teams they're at each other's throats they're not too far apart from each other about an hour and a half two hours schools also two schools that i think that uh when you're filling out your bracket they're likely going to be a 14 seed 13 seed maybe two very strong mid-major teams patriot league's known for having their uh they're upsets, you know, God, I don't want to talk about gives uh, me nightmares. That's gonna be another game on Wednesday. We're gonna want, we're gonna want to watch Pac-12. You're not gonna to want to really get into until, uh, unless you're a real junkie, mm-hmm. you're not gonna to want to get into until you get to, you know, the, TLA's when they're um, going at each other's throats. So that's gonna be fun to watch too.
1: Well, that's a good point you just made. Um, <coughs> comes in. To- like the Lehigh game is you get these small tournaments, the, uh, the championship games, watch those ones. Cause when you're looking to build out your, your brackets, and you're looking for upsets, you might want to have a little idea about who these teams are just uh, instead of just reading, you know, some quote unquote experts picks or something, just watch one of these games, grab a beer, watch the game, get a little knowledge on
2: this. Um. Absolutely. Then you need to watch. You need to watch some of these players who are, you know, scores. For example, if if North Florida would have beat uh today, they have a player, Dallas Moore, averaging points a game. They're, you know, some of these players. Uh, in the MAC, you have Marcus Keene, leading scorer, averaging twenty nine points a game. If he can get hot, go on a run and lead to some victory. You know, you got to watch out for key players and key matchups down the road teams that seem to have the best players overall. I mean, remember a couple of years ago we had Davidson with this guy who some of you may have heard of named Steph Curry. He's back then known as Stefan uh, was an all right player, you know, kind of had Davidson within a shot of the final four over Kansas. So you got to watch for these single players who have the ability to just take over a game. And that's where you really, really get your knowledge. And when you're filling out your bracket, you know, some of these teams.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, and another, another thing is you're talking about some bubble teams, um, at the moment right now, what are some of your, your say four or five top bubble teams that right now are not in and they need say two or three wins to get in or something?
2: Um, right now, one team, uh, and we'll start with a big name team that I think is going to need a good performance is Syracuse, I mentioned before, Syracuse, I personally have them on the outside looking in right now, I think they're one of the first four out, uh, as Joe Lenardi would put it, and uh, they definitely need to beat Miami, if they lose to Miami, Syracuse, they are out, they will not be in the NCAA tournament. If they can beat Miami, they'll put themselves in the conversation. I think if they can beat North Carolina, they will be in the tournament. So that's definitely one team that needs a big win. Another big-name team that is going to need a win is Xavier, believe it or not. Right now I still have Xavier in. Still have him in. But if they have a first-round exit or maybe even a second-round exit in the Big East tournament, then they could be another team sent packing. So I think, uh, I think Xavier is also going to need a – to uh, be able to uh, to the NCA tournament. Uh, then you have an, another interesting case right now. You have um, Illinois State. They're a team that really really intrigues me. Very very good this year. They only have in conference play both to Wichita State. Uh, one in the regular season at Wichita State, and one today in the conference tournament final. Now. Missouri Valley Conference, they're not a bad conference. They're a conference that, you know, usually puts out good basketball. Wichita State has obviously ran a couple years. But uh, Illinois State's going to be a team that's going to be – they can no longer do anything other than hope there's no bid steals. And what I mean by bid steals is a team that is already a lock against a team that's not a lock in the conference final. So, say, table and – Notre Dame in the uh, in the ACC tournament final. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Now, Clemson just stole a bit because they're likely not in the tournament no matter what they do unless they win it all. Notre Dame's in the tournament. So that would be a bid steal. That's one less spot. And Illinois State, if there's too many bid steals, I can't steal Illinois State. There's not a lot. They're going to be a team that's right there. They can't do anything to improve themselves anymore. Their fate is in right now.
1: All right. Um, What do you have for your final four prediction?
2: Final four prediction right now, it's going to be interesting to see how the brackets play out. I personally think you need guard play and good offense to win in March. So right now I have North Carolina going, LA going, I have another Pac-12 team. I have Oregon going, and I've been tossing up the fourth team. I want to put Gonzaga in it so bad, but depending on the bracket they're in, I know, I mean, I don't want to sound biased because I'm a Duke fan, but if Duke puts it all together, they're right there. Villanova has the experience of being there. Right now, I'm still leaning Kansas. I know Kansas hasn't performed very well in the NCAA tournament the past couple of years, a lot of early exits. Frank Mason just has that bona fide look right now. He doesn't want to go out like that. They got uh, Josh Jackson, who's been phenomenal as a freshman. Going to be a top five pick. they're efficient on offense. They got a great coach and Bill Self. I think Kansas is also another team. So if you like your blue bloods, the year for you because Kentucky's very good, Arizona's very good. The Carolina Duke are all going to be there. Uh, UCLA is finally good again. your year, Louisville's right up there. So those are definitely teams. But right now my final four, just a prediction without seeing the brackets yet. They could all be in the same region. I have North Carolina, UCLA, and
1: And I will get a new final four once we see the brackets. But um, with, with this final four, what would be your title game and your champion?
2: My title game, again, going off those four, just – picking two hypothetical matchups. Right now, I would ha- I would personally have Carolina um, in right now, and I still think UCLA is a favorite right now. Now, I'm a huge fan of defense, and UCLA really needs to improve on their defense. They do. But the way Lonzo Ball plays and his refusal to lose, the way he runs the game, uh, they got T.J. Leaf, Thomas Welsh, Isaac Hamilton, Bryce Alford. They can just shoot the lights out. They're your warriors in college basketball. They just shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes. That's what they do. In the top five in the country, in efficiency ratings. So I like them. In Carolina, Roy Williams. They got a veteran leaders in Justin Jackson and Joel Berry. Just a the style they play. They got two good big men, Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks. Uh, they'll match up well with Carolina. Happy to be the game. I'm betting over because both teams shoot the likes out and don't play that fantastic of defense. So right now, I would take Carolina and UCLA. But again, regions yeah. they end up in, and by this time next week, we'll know it's it's here. It's time.
1: Most definitely. Well, speaking of that, we will find out. Like you said, we'll find out next week. Next time, and maybe we'll sit down and do this again. We'll break down the brackets, but um, for now. Do you have uh, anything else you'd like to say about uh, college basketball in general, conference tournaments, before we wrap this bad boy
2: up? Hey, guys, it's just the best time of the year. You know, it's starting this week. Everyone says March Madness starts two Thursdays from now when, you know, we have, when we have the bracket on Sunday and then the first two rounds after that. It starts now. I mean, you got conference tournaments, the big conference tournaments starting up this week, the smaller ones. You're going to have all the championship games. Your, the bracket starts, you know, getting its foundation now. So March Madness again, getting this week. This is championship week as ESPN tabs it. So this is the time to sit down. You have no excuses to know this upset was going to happen. you got to sit down, study these teams. So, I mean, I won, and not to brag, I won my bracket for the last five years if it wasn't for Michigan State last year. you got to sit down and study these small teams and pick your upsets. That is where you win your bracket, when you pick your upsets. And then, you know, get your info on your top teams and then go at it from there. But, hey, it's a fun week. Enjoy it. A lot of madness. And then we we'll sit down again next Sunday this time. Go into some stuff.
1: Yep. It's going to be awesome. It's a, it's a ton of fun. Even if you're not a big college basketball person, it's it's awesome. It's good good theater if you're not a big sports fan, if anything. It's good, good stuff to watch. Bevo, it was awesome. Thanks for joining me. Uh, again, you can check Brian out. On Twitter, at BrianBevo10. You can check out his work at thesportsdegens.com. Always good stuff, good college basketball information there, his power rankings and more. Check out his recent smaller conference championship preview. Uh, again, thanks for listening, everybody. This was your larger championship preview
2: on Bench with Bubba, episode 25. We'll catch you guys next time.
0: Life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.